Hey, welcome to Braves Country. Coming up on Braves Country, an artist from Jefferson, Georgia. No, not Brantley Gilbert, but this guy's had incredible amounts of influence over the careers of people like Brantley Gilbert, Florida Georgia Line, and Zach Brown Band. He was a school teacher before he was an artist. He's overcome incredible amounts of adversity, including almost losing his vision. And he was banned in the city of Chattanooga. Why in the world would that happen? He'll explain it in his own words next on Braves Country. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com and use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954 MSRP 49 9,905 excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Man, we have a great guest today. You're right, Tug. Corey Smith is from Jefferson, Georgia, and he has earned a loyal fan base simply by telling it the way it is. That's why he's on Braves Country today. Smith has released 10 albums, including 2011's Top 20 release, The Broken Record, and Corey has written every word on every album, he has, and he's produced 9 out of 10 of his own records, except for the time he teamed up with producer Keith Stiegel of Alan Jackson and Zach Brown fame for his album While the Gettin' is Good, which was released on Sugar Hill Records, a very famous label. Smith's sold-out concerts are audience sing-alongs with such fan favorites as the coming-of-age anthem 21, the nostalgic time warp, if I Could Do It Again, and the group hug, I Love Everyone. And today, Corey Smith brought his guitar, and he's up here at the Braves Radio Network to talk with us and sing a few songs on the Braves Country Podcast. So please welcome Atlanta Braves and Georgia Bulldogs fan, Corey Smith. Buddy, welcome, man. Thanks so much for being here. Glad to be here. It's a beautiful day to be driving down into the city. It was, uh, yeah. Great day, great day to be here. Great day to uh, be at the Battery, especially with all the excitement around the Braves. No kidding, man. And i got to tell you, I'm a little mad that uh, Scott decided not to put Every Dog Has His Day in that list of songs that you got to sing. Well, I, I was told <laughs> that I don't really have to uh, abide by the list. I can just Oh, do see, there we yeah. go. That's good then, yeah. man, because I, I'm telling you, that's <laughs> that, that song right there, I mean, that one will give you cold chills yeah. and, and make you, if you're a Georgia fan, a true Georgia fan, 
that one will give you uh, make the hair on the back of your neck stand up and uh, and dang it if you're a Georgia fan and ain't never heard that song something is wrong so we got to correct that at some point but uh, but man it's so glad it's so awesome I'm so glad to have you here and and um, we we could start out with uh, the fact that growing up in Jeff- Jefferson Georgia close to the University of Georgia I'm sure that's where that that passion for the team comes from right yeah you know it was odd. Um I can't say that I was like a, a diehard Georgia fan growing up okay. like as a kid. I, I mean, I was a Georgia fan because what else? I, w- I wasn't a Tech fan. Um, right, right. But I, I was, you know, I was a, I was around it. You know, well, yeah. we would watch it on TV. Like I remember being little and and uh, remember people talking about Herschel Walker. But I, I wasn't huge into it. I was a bigger Jefferson Dragons fan. I guess. Okay. I was, you know that was, that seemed a lot more relevant to me. Uh, I, and I do remember going down. When I was in high school, I went to a fundraiser uh, with the band. I wasn't in the band, like mm-hmm. the marching band, but I had friends that were, and, and they. We, I went to help them one day, you know, to sell Cokes at a Georgia game to raise money for the band. Sure. And that was uh, the first time I'd been in Sanford Stadium, and it blew my mind. I was just like, oh, my God, these people are nuts, you know, and uh, it was awesome. I, I'll never forget it. It still didn't, like, convert me necessarily where I was, like, it seemed almost alien. I couldn't believe that that kind of thing was happening every Saturday or, you know, <laughs> right. so many Saturdays in the fall just sure. right down the road. Uh, I remember on Saturdays, traffic in Jefferson was always horrible when there yeah. was a, a Georgia home game. Um, but that was kind of my experience with it growing up until I um, went to college. I didn't start out at Georgia. I went to I went to Gainesville College mm-hmm. there uh, for, for a few years. I kind of flunked out of there for a little bit, got my grades up, and eventually transferred out to uh, West Georgia out in Carrollton. I followed my, my girlfriend at the time, now wife. Uh, I followed her out there. Uh, went there for a year and finally got my grades up uh, enough where I could get into Georgia. She wanted to go to Georgia. I was like, well, you know, that's close to home. I've been around Athens yeah. my whole life. It didn't really I, – I wasn't crazy about the idea. She really wanted to go because both her parents went to school there. So I was like, well, I guess I'll go to Athens right. and go to school to Georgia. So that year I went to my first Georgia game as a Georgia student, and it was uh, a Georgia-Georgia Tech game. It was cold. It was sleeting. Oh, wow. And I think we lost. Oh, no. <laughs> but when I got in there and uh, the trumpet was up in the corner yeah. and, and uh, Larry Munson's, uh, you know. Just the, calls of the game. Oh, my gosh. It, it was the, the Make, classic cold calls. chills. I was like, okay, these I'm are my in. people. Yeah. I am in. And from that day forward, I've been all in uh, on Georgia football. I love the fact that you admit that Georgia lost the first game that you went to. And, and the reason I say that is because I promised my wife that I would never tell my son Jacob that the first game he ever went to, because he is a diehard Dogs fan, the first game he ever went to, Georgia lost. And I told my wife from the time, because he was like three years old, and I was mm-hmm. holding him. The stadium was so quiet because they were losing to Vanderbilt at homecoming. And I was, oh, yeah. and he was asleep on my shoulder, and I was like, I will never tell this kid the truth, <laughs> well, ever. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I think it speaks, though, to how powerful, though, the, the, the game is. And in terms of, like, you normally associate – those moments with who you were with more right. so than the outcome of the game. That's right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think of like my my now my all time favorite Georgia memory is when we when walking out of uh, the stadium in South Bend when we beat Notre Dame oh a few years gosh. ago, and it's because my kids were with me. Yeah, like I, and my wife and kids were all there, and it was just a great moment. And that that one revolved around a win. But I have lots of other other of those yeah. that I remember who I was with. I, I remember, you know, like. It's it's almost like music because music does the same thing in, in my my view is that it takes you back to that place where you were with somebody that you love or somebody that means a lot to you or a family setting and a gathering but but that's kind of the soundtrack or 
the the what brought everything together in that moment in time. Yeah, I've had a lot of those in Jacksonville. You know, just a lot of great experiences in Jacksonville that, <laughs> that it was awesome until like the end. Like yeah, long ride back yeah. home, but worth it. You know, and I remember the people I was with, and mm-hmm. you know, having a great time at the tailgate and walking into the stadium all pumped up and. We weren't that pumped up leaving the stadium always, but <laughs> yeah, right. lately it's been pretty good. Though. Lately it's been it's been a lot better. Now we know you love them dogs, but how about the Atlanta Braves? Uh, they're your team as well, right? Yeah, you know, I it's similarly like growing up in Jefferson, Georgia, you don't really have any choice. You're gonna be a Braves fan That's or right. a dogs fan. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, the Braves were always on TV. Uh, you know, my earliest memories. You know, I remember the games at Fulton County Stadium and and. Uh, Dale Murphy and oh my gosh, Goldilocks. Yeah. I remember my my grandparents, uh, especially my grandfather, who was a World War II uh, Marine veteran. God bless awesome. him. And uh, awesome. he he loved the Braves, and so all summer long the Braves, Braves were always on. And uh, you know, as I got older, and uh, you know, especially as we got into the early '90s, then it took on a whole new significance. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, def- definitely a lot of. I remember going to games at uh, old old Fulton County Stadium. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't remember who who won those games either. I just remember being there and ha- and having such a big impact Same here. on me. Well, probably not the Braves too much back in those no. days. <laughs> right. But it didn't matter because it's just a part of the fabric of our lives down here in the South. Yeah. And um, I'm glad to have you on the show. Such a big Braves and Dogs fan. And uh, and what do you love most about the game of baseball itself, Corey? You know, I think it. I appreciate the amount of focus that that it requires not not just a, not just the long-term focus like the 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 lifetime of of acquiring the skills right. but just in the game like when you think of somebody in the outfield that that every moment you know they have to know that ball could be coming to them and have to have enough awareness to know where that ball needs to go you don't get any you don't get any time off you have Mm-mm. to stay so laser focused uh you, you know and that's every position the batter including it's just a tremendous amount of of mental energy no it is you're exactly right it is a game that goes slow until it doesn't and then it goes real fast real quick and then it's back to slow and it's a game that that is made up of it's a team game but made up of individual moments like you're describing you know and and that's that's i would imagine being an artist as you are is kind of that way too right you 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 have to hit everything that you do you have to hit all the right notes you have to hit all the right chords and if you don't it messes the team up yeah and at the same time you have to have the resiliency to to shake it off when it doesn't because there's play. never a perfect show um and and it, it's that and it's both a, the shorter term and the longer term like in in the game all right uh i missed that one that was that was bad that was an error I've, but the next play That's you gotta right. move on next play next play same next play. same thing on a on when you zoom out all right we just lost that one that, mm-hmm. that was a bad one but we got to play and when you look <laughs> at how long the baseball season is and and the the type of resiliency and focus it takes and the braves are a testament to that with you know to be down and face especially the kind of adversity they face this season to have that mental fortitude to be able to to stay focused on the long term and not get bogged down on what's in front of you it's it's amazing you're listening to the Braves Country Podcast uh, Tug Coward along with Scott Bunn and special guest Corey Smith who's an incredible artist that is uh, born and raised in Jefferson Georgia and he's known throughout the southeast throughout Braves Country um you sang the national anthem at uh at the at the Brave Stadium and for the Braves, I've I've been told, and I, Calista Clark has told us that many people that have been on the show have told us that singing the national anthem can be the, one of the most nerve wracking things because it's something that means so much to so many, and everybody knows it. 
and, and you want to make it perfect. Did you did you have that feeling, or did you oh, get yeah. out there and just knock it out? Yeah, I th- I, th- I think for for me it's it's sort of the equivalent of that. Uh, maybe uh bottom of the ninth and you got to make the hit yeah uh, you know yeah it, it's that kind of thing which it's a great it, comparison yeah it's like you got you got one shot at this uh don't mess it up it's taking you a long time to get to this point uh you know let's let's see what you can do it's a, a lot of nerves I, I think i did pretty good uh, every time i was able to do it and and by the last time i did it i was really able to not be so nervous and actually just enjoy the the moment and not be not be so you know, nervy about it. Sure. Um, now, Corey, what do you think about this year's team? We're in the heart of the NLCS right now. We're looking at possibly getting to the World Series. What do you think? How far are we going to go? Oh, I think we're going to go. Let's right? go. Right. What else am I going to say? That's there? right. What's the alternative? <laughs> well, I, you know, I think we've won the first two. Probably going to get swept from here on out. Yeah. Nobody's saying that. Yeah, it's been fun, and I, I've enjoyed. Uh, I've enjoyed the. You know, I enjoyed the last postseason as well, and and I I'm I'm enjoying watching it with my kids because I, I think that. There, those memories that I have of watching That's the right. game with my grandfather mm-hmm. and uh, and my dad, I, I think I, I think those things are are burning in them as well. Absolutely, which, which makes it that much sweeter. Oh my um, gosh, there's nothing better because again, I, as I was saying with with my own son, you know, watching those Georgia games every weekend, and he and I, as much as I love him, I love him more than anything else on earth. You know, Jesus first, and then and then my wife and son, and then everybody else, but. It's interesting because he's the worst fan in the world. Like, he's that fan that if any, the smallest thing, if there's a botch snap, if there's a, I don't know, uh, an incomplete pass, or if the defense lets somebody score, this is the worst team I've ever seen. How could they possibly be number one in the nation? He's just railing. I'm like, dude, settle down. That's teen angst. It has to be. I'm like, settle down, calm down. But it is, but it's funny because, Corey, my wife's from upstate New York, and she didn't grow up with college football. Oh, yeah. She she grew up with baseball and football and basketball and all and hockey and all that sort of stuff, but she didn't grow up with college football. And when we first got married, which is twenty years now, we would watch Georgia games and it would if they lost, it just ruined my weekend. Finally, I was able to reel that in because she couldn't get it. She just was like, "Why are you letting this game ruin the rest of your weekend? You still got the rest of Saturday and and all of Sunday." And now, because she's such a fan, she's hook, line, and sinker. It actually ruins hers, and I was able. I'm the one that's able to reel it in. So I've got a, a house full of maniacs. Is what I'm trying to say. It's completely irrational. It but, is. But we yes. all we all do it. Um, I, I will tell you, the worst is the games where we've had, you know, like a a three thirty kickoff or or a night game on on a Saturday, and I have a show to play, right? And let's say the game's still going on, and it's yeah. time for me to go on stage, and it's a close game, <laughs> uh, like the the. The last one I remember is the when when Notre Dame played in Athens. Yeah, my family's at the game. We have season tickets. I, for years, I haven't been able to go to most of the games. My, right, my you're wife, playing. yeah, uh, but wife and kids are there. My father-in-law is usually with them, and uh, they're all at the game. And I think we had to go on in like the third quarter, and it was just brutal the whole time. Oh and gosh. part of me doesn't want to wants to be able to block it out. Right. Uh, like, don't tell me what happens until after. Meanwhile, yeah. another part of me is like, just tell me. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to stay focused on on playing music. Uh, and and it's what's even worse is when there's been a disappointing game. Yeah. And then we then I got to go play. It's oh, just so I hard know. to shake off it the disappointment of a loss. So disheartening, and I, I it is it's cra- It's irrational. You described yeah. it so well. I people don't understand it. It is irrational, and I don't care because I love it that much. Now, Corey Smith, you mentioned uh, Dale Murphy being one of your favorites coming up. Who are some of your favorite players on the current Braves team? 
You know, I really like watching Ozzy Albies. Me too. He's my he favorite just, player on the, on the team. You know, he reminds me of Noshawn Marino in yeah. that Noshawn always just seemed like a kid. And I, I've got I got to know Noshawn over the years. Oh, that's and cool. That was his mentality all the time. He just he was like a kid playing, you know, little league football. Like, you know, he just mm-hmm. loved to play the game, and, yeah. and that's the way. Albies just he's always smiling, Such and he joy. just seems like he's a kid. That just loves to play ball. Such joy on his face, especially when it's he and Acuna. And I know Acuna's hurt this year, but um, those two together, are they're almost like brothers or something yeah. that are always pushing each other. One minute they're hugging, next minute they're shoving each other, but they're always playing with such joy, and you can see it on their face, and it is so much fun. And Freddie Freeman, has, he's he's got the same thing. He just sure. he just seems to be smiling. I, I always want to know, like, what is he talking to the people about on first base? Because so often when right. people come up, yeah. he's, he's like – what are they talking yeah. about? How you it's, been? How's yeah, your mom and them? Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just would like, I would really like to know. What are you asking them? Like, right. like if, if, let's, so, so let's put you in that situation. Let's put Corey Smith on first base and, and you know, somebody walks or they get a hit or whatever. What are you saying to XYZ player, whomever it is from the Dodgers? I'm probably not going to say anything. Yeah, get I'm off gonna, my base. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't, I'm in my head space here. I don't That's want right. you to mess with my mojo, but he's more like, this is my world. Welcome into it. I'm yeah. a nice guy. Yeah, but but I hope you're I hope you're about to be out. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, I'm I'm gonna do my best to get you out. Like, is he is he poking at him? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah try to steal. Yeah, I, I dare you to try to steal. No, I, like I guarantee you, he's probably talking about his son Charlie's softball, or, <laughs> or, uh, you know, little league game or something. Because he is such a nice guy. And he's always yep. smiling, like you said. There's no doubt about it. Um, back when you were at UGA. Uh, you majored in social studies, mm-hmm. and uh, you wrote songs, performed there in Athens. Uh, what are some of your favorite venues to play in Athens? I mean, is it the obvious Forty Watt Georgia or uh, Georgia Theater? Or is it is it different? Well, I mean, I'm, the Georgia Theater is an obvious one that that I've had some real pivotal moments in my career happen sure. there and at the at the theater. Um, but oddly, I, I didn't really play much when I was in school there. Um, I would play at DT's Down Under. Used to have an open oh, mic yeah. night, and I, I I played at that. And I, they one time they had a competition, uh, an open mic competition, and I lost it, and it just devastated me. I was like, oh, oh wow. my god, I can't even win the open mic at DT's Down <laughs> now, Under. Now who beat and, Corey Smith at the right, open I mic? Want to know I have no idea. I have no idea who it was, uh, but I didn't well, like him. I know that much. <laughs> Back to Freddie Freeman. Get off my base. I love that. Um, but I, I remember I didn't put my I, I put down my guitar and didn't pick it up for for a month or two after that. Get was, out of here. Are you serious? Sorry. Yeah. It disappointed me so much um and then later when i got out of school is when i started playing at like tasty world and then uh the wild wing mm-hmm. uh wild wing was a big one for me I, I liked that one a lot and then and then worked my way up to the uh to the theater i like those chicken feathers they have at wild wing cafe oh, yeah. those things are and so they, tasty they, they would have the uh that wing buffet yeah uh, at, the, at the one in athens we'd sneak out there for lunch sometimes oh yeah. my goodness Count me in. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember Steve Arenos? And, oh yeah, uh, it, I love Steve Arenos. Man, I don't. Even, I don't think they, they're there anymore. They're not there, but the the subs were amazing. But the wings, uh, they kept them combined. It yeah. wasn't flats and drums. It was like oh, wings you'd order twelve and you're getting twenty four, buddy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was good stuff. It was amazing stuff. Now I hear that you took your first job teaching geography, history, and guitar at North Gwinnett High School in Swanee, Georgia. Mm-hmm before deciding that you wanted to pursue your music uh, career full-time at the age of 28. Tell us about those years teaching and, and how you came to the realization that you wanted to become a full-time recording artist. Um, it, it was a gradual thing. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't ex- expect it. I mean, when I graduated school, I, was, I, I wanted to be a high school social studies teacher. I thought that's what I would retire doing. Um, I was passionate about it. I remember walking down the halls at North on my first days, and I just felt like, 
like, man, I made it. Yeah. You know, I, I finished school and, and I'm here making a difference. Um, and I, I would play guitar for the students on Fridays if they were good. Um, and most of the time they weren't even good, but I'd still play guitar still, just because just I the reason to play the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, at first I was nervous about it. I thought, you know, they're, this is going to be so like dorky, right? Yeah. The, the guitar playing. But the kids, I bet the they kids loved it. Loved it. I'm I sure. mean, they loved it. And they were, they were like, oh, Mr. Smith, you know, why, why are you teaching? Why aren't you doing this? And, you know, at, at first I was like, well, this is what I want to do. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, this is just a hobby. And then, the more time went on, it was like started becoming harder to answer that. Um, and I, I had a chance to to make make records in the summertime. Um, I won this open mic contest in in Monroe, and the prize was twelve hours of studio time. And by that point, I'd That's written awesome. a whole bunch of songs. So I, I went in and um, made my first record, Undertones, um, for all, practically free because I had the free studio time. And then printed a bunch of CDs, and that 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 record had twenty one on it, and sun goes down in georgia and so i was playing little bar gigs kind of on the heels of that just kind of playing around you know atlanta northeast georgia uh, athens dahlonega Carrollton, uh you know buckhead and uh you know the next year the next summer i saved up money from those gigs and made another record and the next summer i did so by my fourth year of teaching i'd already put out three three records and that was when like i got to the point where i was selling out shows and eventually when i sold out the theater uh, in advance, uh, it was sort of like God saying, Hey dude, like you got this. Don't, don't sweat this. This is what you ought to be doing. That's incredible. I love that. At, at any point before, cause I want you to play something, one of this, maybe one of those early songs that you're just talking about. Um, was, was there any point where the, where the kids would actually show up at some of your shows? Cause I would yeah. imagine it have to happen. Oh yeah. It was highly, highly inappropriate too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, <laughs> but I mean, but it, not intentionally, you can't help it. I mean, they, no. they had seen you play and yeah. all of a sudden you're selling out a show. I would no. want to go see now, my teacher. Were you giving out field trip credits no. or something like that? <laughs> What's <was> going on? <laughs> no, it, it was always, uh, it was always bizarre because you know, especially that most of the time I was playing in bars, so I'd see oh, my kids yeah. like, "I know you aren't old enough to be in here, <laughs> seriously, man, right?" And, but you yeah. can't rat them out. No, it, it's a, yeah, it was uh, it was a precarious situation to be in. Plus, I, I was getting to the point where I was, you know, I, I would play like I would play at Moon Dogs and Buckhead, uh, like on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And I'd be at school in the morning. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be finished there until like three in the morning. Yeah, and right. then drive back. Sometimes I'd just drive straight to the school. In Swanee and and sleep for a few hours in right. the car and go in and yeah. try to teach them like this is not this is not good. That's, that's, not that's good. all right because you're probably on the same schedule as your students <laughs> yeah. at the time. No, you're exactly yeah, right. It was it was a tough call at, at the time, but I'm I'm glad I did it. Man, uh, no doubt about it. So would you do us the honor, man? Just uh, would you tune one up and uh, and uh, you select, man. It's all up to you. Well, I might as well start with that one that was on the uh, on the first record. Yeah, there um, we go. Yeah, twenty one was the that that was the it was the first time I wrote a song, and like right after I finished it, I was like, "Man, this one's pretty good." Yeah. You know, like, I, like I don't know, I don't you know felt what it accomplished. is. But yeah, I had no idea it would it would like change the course of my life. Right, and be what it is. Yeah, it it, com- it completely did. It, it took a little time for it to to get out into the world. To spread Imagine around. that taking time to become an overnight success, right? Yeah. Because that's what everybody <laughs> thinks is that it's this this artist is just there, but really they've worked for so long. To get to where you are now, where where people come and love to see you play. Well, and you know the the uh, I, I get people, young artists ask me for advice or whatever, and I, I give them the most cliche advice, but it's the best advice I know how to give, and that is that if you find real joy in 
the craft, in, in the writing, in the performing, you've done it. Like that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And then, and then if you can, if, if people, it resonates with people, and people come to the shows, and people share the music with other people, and and make memories around it. Then that's all just it's sort of icing. But until you can get, and it's like you know, with Obbies or Freeman or No Sean, yeah. you know, when you when you see that kind of pure joy and love for for this activity, uh, that that's what it's all about, you know. And you can't fabricate it, you can't make it up. Right. And then you know? if you could make a living off of it too, yeah. Oh my gosh, well, that is the odds are, on top. odds are you won't be able to Most make a living unless you find it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that's like step one. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding, man. But I remember having that just in the in the back bedroom in my house. When I wrote 21, that feeling that, like, I got chills. Like, oh, my goodness, there's something special here. Corey Smith on the Braves Country Podcast. When I was only 17, I couldn't wait for 21. I'd hang around on Clayton Street and the bars there getting drunk. A baseball cap and a fake ID would get me in the clubs. Then I would dance with the college girls and lie about who I was. I'd say, I'm pre-med here at UGA, live on Millage Avenue. I was raised over in Buckhead. I drive a BMW. I was breaking hearts and taking names and numbers just for fun. Stealing kisses, wishing I was 21. Thursdays came and pocket change would quickly disappear. Upstairs at Lowry's Tavern, we'd pay a nickel for the beers. Shooting pool, smoking cigarettes with a dizzy head and a grin. At 4 a.m. on a school night, still hanging out with my friends. One hour sleep on a dirty couch, no shower off to school. Smelling just like a brewery with a bad hangover too. The teachers all would hassle me, stay awake, pay attention. I was catching hell, wishing I was 21. The youngest one of all my friends, I didn't act my age. Too cool for the football games. Now I did tweak this song a little bit in 2020 because I initially when I wrote it I, I was uh, I was 26 years old and I was just starting my teaching job so I was feeling kind of old you know and and so the day I wrote it I wrote the lines uh, now I'm only 26 feeling more like 43. And I was using the age 43 as a metaphor for like old as hell, you know. <laughs> yes. Here, here. Yeah. So <laughs> over the years. changes. <laughs> yeah. So over the years, it was kind of tough to sing that. I felt like I was lying to everybody every night. And, and in the back of my mind, I was always thinking like, what am I going to do when I turn 43? How am I going to sing this song, you know? And so I turned 43 in 2020. And on the morning of my birthday, I went downstairs and I rewrote the uh, third verse. So this is what I could come up with that morning. 
Now I'm already 43 Damn, it happens fast Once the kids hit elementary school Life goes by in a flash One day it's kindergarten The next it's freshman year Then they're driving down the road And you're just wishing you could steer But we'll go down to that college town When my Bulldogs get to play And we'll walk around the campus Where I spent my glory days And I'll recognize myself In the eyes of my two sons As they look around thinking Damn, I wish I was 21 Oh my gosh, dude! I mean, that one because I love that song anyway. But but because you and I are the same age, and as you're telling the story, I was like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and then you know, as you're breaking in the tweaks there a little bit, like all I can see is my son driving away because he's 17, driving away, and and we're looking at colleges for him. He's a junior in high school, and you're right, elementary school, freshman year, and now he's a junior, and we're looking at colleges, and that's the beauty of songs like that because they're so universal well i think it's um it, it's definitely the reason i've been stubborn about the way i write for so long um i, I always like like pure singer songwriters who i could hear evolve through their lives and i could um you know grow with them right and, and i've always approached my songwriting that way i never put a lot of pressure on myself to write songs i just wrote songs when i when i felt like writing and, and the hope was always that is that if in in the end if someone listened to my body of work, they would hear, uh, you know, a man. Hear you grow up. Grow up, yeah. yeah. And uh, come to terms with things and, and that, that sort of stuff. But, yeah, my, my boys are both, uh, I've got a freshman and a junior, yeah. uh, 15 and 16-year-old. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, it's something else. It, it, and it, it, it's the most amazing thing is being able to try to guide them and, and, and help them. Because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, corrupt anything that that and corrupt's not the right word you don't want to tell them about every pitfall because they need to make mistakes you don't want to you don't want to take the monkey bars off the playground because they need to fall down and that's the thing that that i've wrestled with and now i think we've done a pretty good job my wife and i is is letting him make those mistakes and and holding his hand through the mistakes and even though you see them coming allowing them to happen yeah. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. 
Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year, with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP 49,905, excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. You know, my my whole fear has always been, man, I hope they're not like me. Like, <laughs> me too. Because like, yeah, I've made some stupid oh, decisions. Oh, my gosh, me and too. Like, so far, like, they're they're good students. They're, they're, Same here. I mean, I hope they don't listen to this. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, they're doing a whole lot better than I was doing when I was their age. Me like, they're too. so much more focused than I was. Me um, too. Yeah, it's, it's so true, man. And, and it must be our wives that that, yeah. that caused that because I could not uh, be y'all. It, yeah. Dude, there's nothing. I've gotten everything wrong. Like no, I look well, back and it makes I mean, it yeah. makes me who I am, which I like. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of who I am. Don't get me wrong. But but at the same time, there there I wish I could have to go back and tap myself on the shoulder and be like, dude, don't go that way. Yeah. Whatever you do. Well, you know, I've, I've got a song called If I Could Do It Again. And mm-hmm. when I wrote that song around the same time I wrote 21, I was in my late 20s and you know, unabashedly, I'm like, if I could do it again, I'd do it the same. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I made a lot of mistakes, but you know, now as a father, mm-hmm. like, you know, in my 40s, uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't feel that way at all. Like, I would totally do some things differently, a lot, oh a lot differently. Gosh. That doesn't mean I'm not happy where I am. No, but um, I mean, but wisdom, the uh, life, life gives you that wisdom, and and yeah. that's not something you can learn in a book. You can re, you can educate yourself for sure, and learn so many things in a book, but. There's nothing like the wisdom that life teaches you. Yep. I, I remember talking to my high school students about that years ago, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Yes. Thank and you. That's a great way of putting it. Wisdom is something that you just, you, you get it, you get it with age and experience. Because my grandpa, a World War II veteran, um, was not educated. My dad, same way, was not educated, but there are two of the wisest men I ever met in my whole life, and I yep. miss them every day because I wish I could go back and ask them questions about things that I'm looking forward to or headed into as as i get older myself but uh but so true knowledge and wisdom so different now speaking of learning from experience and uh, going through tough times Corey smith uh usually tour around 120 shows a year but recently you know you had to deal with this whole shutdown thing that the whole world dealt with in 2020 and part of 2021 and in the middle of that i heard that you uh, had to undergo a kind of risky eye surgery do you want to talk about that man yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I've I've uh, dealt with some vision troubles most of my life. Uh, it's one of the reasons I never I, I never was a, an athlete. I didn't play basketball or I didn't play football or, or baseball or anything because I when I was about nine I got injured and um, got hit with a rock in the eye. Right, so I had a bunch of little surgeries when I was uh, young, and then I had to have more surgeries when I was in high school to try to save my vision. So I couldn't get I couldn't risk getting like yeah. jostled around and stuff. Um, so later on in life right before I started teaching I, I had a prosthetic eye put in because I couldn't see out of the eye so you know not I never it wasn't really a disability I, mm-hmm. I didn't have vision in, in, for most of my life anyway in that in my right eye uh, but it's why I've always worn sunglasses and stuff on stage so my eyes get a little bit wonky uh, and I didn't want a bunch of pictures on me out there with my eyes all crossed <laughs> right. and wonky you know? right. no, so, I get it. Uh, 
But I had a, a, a cataract start developing like in probably like 2018, maybe the end of 2017. And uh, because it's my only eye and I have some underlying like retina issues that run in my family, uh, the, the doctors des- decided that there was like a one in three chance of there being a retinal detachment. So my, my uh, main uh, ophthalmologist recommended just living with the cataract as long as I could. He was like, you can still work. You can still provide for your family. Uh, you know, just stick with it. The cataract might stop growing on its own. And if eventually if it gets to the point where it's so bad you can't do those things, then what's the risk? You know, you can't see anyway. So and I thought that made a lot of sense. Yeah, the, the weird thing was is it led to me, you know, about a year and a half uh, to two years of just gradually going blind, uh, where eventually by the end of 2019 was at the point where, like, I couldn't play cards with my family. I had trouble recognizing, you know, people. Um, I, I went to the coffee shop one day, and, and my roommate from college said hey to me, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't see him until I got up and could really hear his voice. Uh, I, I went to my kids' football practice one time, and and uh, I got my wife dropped me off, and I couldn't find his team. And oh. the, and the guys coaching were all guys I went to high school with. I've known my whole life. Like right. my cousin was one of them. But I, it was just getting to that point where I would play shows, and I had to have help getting on and off the stage. I couldn't read my set list, so people would have to like, uh, you know, talk through the talkback yeah. mic into my ears to tell me what song I needed to do next. So yeah. it was getting to the point where I knew I had to do something. Um, and this was at the end of 2019. And I went and saw my doctor, and he was like, yeah, it seems like it's probably time. Uh, and, you know, I knew there was a, a bit of a risk um, of coming out the other side, you know, still not being able to see. So uh, I wanted to just clear the slate and take care of that um, and give myself time time to heal from it. And um, so I, I cleared the calendar for the first time in my career. where I had, like, three months of dates already on the books, and I called my agent, and I was like, look, I've got to take care of this. It's my top priority right now. I want to spend time with my family going into it. Um, and so I had to get my head around the idea of not touring. So, you know, knowing what came ahead in 2020, I was actually kind of kind of prepared for that, uh, and I'm thankful for that. And, and I had the surgery in February, uh, and the surgery went great, and I can see better than I've been able to see my whole life. That's and it, it just gave me a whole new outlook on things. Uh, and if, if anything, it, it I was – uh, and not just me, but all the guys that work for me uh, and, and work with me, you know, it, we weren't just suddenly cut off. Everybody had months to plan for what yeah. that would be like. Yeah. Um, but having the year, year and a half of not of not touring, uh, it, it, w- it was difficult, but I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It gave me just a whole new perspective on things. And, and creatively, um, I'm just in a really good place right now. No, that's awesome, man. The good Lord works in mysterious yeah. ways. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, man, God bless you. I'm so glad everything had turned out the way that, you know, that I know you hope and prayed that, that it would. And, yeah. and I know during the time at home, you released solo acoustic tracks to the fan base on your YouTube series, Songsmith Weekly, which is very clever. Did you come up with that? That's good. I'm sure somebody did along the way. I don't, I don't know if I ought to take credit for it. But. Yeah, right. You had uh, you, you did uh, where I wish I was, a cellophane, um, and then uh, going blind, which mm-hmm. is uh, wow, what a title, man! Especially yep. knowing what you've gone through, and uh, everybody was really, really into what you're doing and what you were releasing. Are you going to release some of those songs, or at least rec- include them on the next album? Uh, yeah, that's the idea. And I, I've really, I've been working hard at writing the past. Uh, you know, six to eight months. Uh, I, w- I want to get a lot of songs under my belt. I want to get to where I have like 50 songs 
that I feel good about and then decide what to do with the record. Corey Smith, what would you say to other people out there listening that are going through their own health struggles? How would you tell them to uh, to to hold the line and how to get through all For me, I, I had to depend on the people that, that love me. And that, that was I think that was the hardest thing is getting to the point where I knew that I couldn't do it by myself. Um, and for, you know, for a, a father, a husband, you know, for a man, like it, that's a tough thing to do to say, I, I need your help. Um, and I got support from it. I got that support from the people I was on the road with. Um, you know, fans gave me support. And, you know, more importantly, like my, my wife and my kids, like everybody was, was there for me. Um, you know, so you got to lean, lean on those people. Oh, my gosh, they're the best. Now, speaking of helping people out, um, we've had two artists in here that both have dropped your name recently, and I wanted oh. to talk to you about that. Okay. Uh, Brantley Gilbert, he says that he would not be a recording artist today if it had not been for you and what he learned touring with you. Uh, tell us all about how you first met Brantley Gilbert and, and what his coming up playing music with you means from your perspective. Well, I've known Brantley since he was a little kid because we're, you know, we grew up in Jefferson, not a not a big town. It's a lot bigger than it yeah. was when we were kids. But, right. uh, yeah, his uh, his mom uh, like taught a Sunday school class I was in, you know, like uh, so. Yeah, he was one of the one of the other people in Jefferson that played music. So uh, I think back in the day, I I knew he was playing and singing. And by that point, I was already big time playing at the uh, little bar in Jefferson in front of about 50 to <laughs> 70 go. people. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he came down to the bar one night uh, and I was uh, I was already kind of done with my set. And I was like, why don't you get up there and play a few? So he, he played a few and um, we just stayed stayed friends after that, stayed uh, stayed close after, after that. And when I started branching out and traveling and doing these big massive tours all the way down to places like Milledgeville That's it, uh, and up to Dahlonega. Yeah. He would he would come along and he would uh, ride with us and uh, sleep in the hotel room with us and uh, you know down at, like the first times I played in Statesboro and those kind of places. Uh, the first time I played the theater he was it, it was Brantley and then it was Zach Brown and then and then me so it was uh, it was really cool. I don't think any of us then knew that you know what was ahead. We were just out having a having a yeah. really good time so it's uh it's pretty cool when you see people uh, close to you succeed. It's it's kind of I don't know. You feel like you know it's part of your identity. Absolutely, kind of, it is. Kind of yeah, cool. man, that's yeah. it's incredible. You know, um, I think that's one of the the most amazing things. That's my, some of my favorite things to see is that artists that come up together and how they how they branch out and how they still support each other and and what happens. Well, you know, it, it's weird too that for me, like I. I when I've seen Brantley live, like after after he had his number one hits and you know, um, you know, huge huge crowds, you know, and see him up on stage, I I realized like I couldn't do that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't. I'm I, he has a different personality than I do. He's more comfortable in the spotlight. He's more comfortable uh, w- with the attention. Uh, and I can say the same about like I, I did a bunch of shows back in the day with uh, uh, Florida Georgia Line. Uh, you know, when when they were starting out, they opened up shows, and I could see it in them too. Like these guys have, there's something different that, that they have that I don't have. Um, and you know, it took me a while to to acknowledge that. I would always be like, kind of scratching my head, like, well, and and I realized it's just it's different. And and the cool thing about where I'm at in my life now is like hear, hearing Brantley say things like that. It, it warms my heart to know that you know what I I'm, I'm a part of his music. I helped influence that, and the same with with like Tyler and Florida Georgia yeah. line or, or, or Luke Combs or, or who, whoever it is, uh, Riley green. I've known Riley green for years, like, uh, to go to Nashville and meet young writers and young artists who 
say they grew up listening to me it like i'm That's happy the coolest i'm happy with that role and yeah. uh it, it just it, it makes me feel really good. Oh my gosh, that's the coolest. Veteran, veteran leadership, yeah. you know, yeah. just like Freddie Freeman Absolutely for the team. Absolutely right. You know? Yeah, another guy, Levi Lowry. Levi Lowry, yeah, another neighbor and friend of yours. Uh, <laughs> he says he has been writing some songs with you recently. He maybe let the cat out of the bag on that one. And uh, <laughs> what can you tell us about your friendship with Levi Lowry and, and how's the songwriting process going with him? Oh, it's been going great. I've really enjoyed getting to know him lately. I, I was down in... Uh, I've known Levi for years, um, casually, you know, uh, just crossing paths at different points. And uh, but but back in June, I was down in uh, Isle of Palms and I was hanging out with Wyatt Durrett at his house. And we, we were working on some songs and he was like, man, you need to get together with Levi. And I was like, yeah, I do. I haven't seen him in years. And I'm like, what? he's like, well, I know he lives in Georgia. And I'm like, well, where does he where does he live? And and uh, Wyatt's like, oh, I think it's uh, Win Winder. Win- <laughs> right. I was like, Winder. Winder. He lives in Winder. <laughs> and uh, and he get, he was like, here's his address. And I'm like, dude, he lives like ten minutes from me. Are you kidding me? And there were so many times in 2020 uh, where I was just, I got even though my whole career I've written songs by myself and I've embraced that and I've loved that for the first time I was like such a hermit I I would have given anything to have somebody just to bounce ideas off of and and make music with and I just kicked myself like oh my goodness he was 10 minutes away this whole time so uh so we connected and he's been coming over you know once once twice a month and it's been awesome you guys ride on the front porch or you go down to the basement backyard Uh, how you guys hang out back porch we got a screened in porch uh you know and and uh, i've got a little studio down in the basement so we kind of go you know go between the two yeah i love that no i love it so i grew up in dalton georgia just south just south chattanooga and i've seen uh there's a there's a matter of fact here at the radio station there's a company that came in they're called 1776 united and they just they just create American heritage t-shirts, right? And and it's you know the constitution and some like I was in the navy so the uh the union jacket they do that. They do, they've got the Gadsden flag, don't tread on me, which is an important to the United States Navy. And for whatever reason, some of the social media platforms that they used to sell their shirts on, they've they've taken them down. They can't sell their shirts on the internet or at least on the social media platforms. And they've seen their business, which was in like a rocket ship, taken off. Two kids from Canton, just wow. two regular dudes, and they saw their business take off. And then all of a sudden, when they got banned, they weren't able to do that anymore. And you wrote a song uh, called Chattanooga, and that one stood out to me a little bit because it addresses censorship head on from a personal perspective. And you, you've got the line in there: "If we don't check power, then power checks us." And that's exactly what it seemed like with with those guys. That literally, I just met today, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting. That, that this conversation has kind of went from that room to this one. And what do you think about censorship that we're seeing in America right now? Because it's frightening to me. Uh, yeah, I think that there's censorship in that, in the respect that I wrote the song, was it's the government saying you can't say this. And, mm-hmm. and specifically, that right. situation was the police in mm-hmm. Chattanooga saying I couldn't sing a song that was critical of the police in Chattanooga. Right. Uh, that's what the... First Amendment is designed to specifically protect. So it, it's it is different uh, when it's private businesses choosing not to, I to agreed. do it. So it's agreed, uh, and I understand yeah. the difference. I get the totally get the difference, but yeah. it just still scares me because of of the 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 grasp that these social media networks and places like YouTube because they have their tentacles in everything. So right, it's it's a, it is a private business, and I understand the difference, but it's still it still makes me feel very uneasy, much like you're describing there. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I could see that. I could see that. I, I could also, see, I, at the same time, social media and the lack of any sort of filter in terms of, and, and this is not relevant to no, what you're no, saying. No, no, about, no, no, I get it. it. I, no. don't, I don't know much about the, the T-shirts or anything like that, no. but I'm saying that any opinion is now capable of going viral mm-hmm. and affecting sure people, is. whether it's based on complete falsehoods and nonsense mm-hmm. or not. It can still go viral and impact a lot of people who, and, th- and this is the social studies teacher in me. Like, right. To me, th- my, my job that I was trained for in school was to teach kids how to think critically and right. how to evaluate information and not just jump on whatever whatever bandwagon because when it comes to society and big social issues it's not like it is with our teams you don't just choose a side Mm -hmm. and root for that side no matter what that's right because life's more complicated than that and just like more nuanced yeah it's much more nuanced and and i think it we live in a society now where there's so much information it's like oh my goodness I, i don't know I don't know. But who should decide what should be or not put out there? And isn't it up to the power of the individual and their critical thinking to analyze that and decide, well, that might be viral, but I'm not paying attention to it anymore? Or is it the job of the company, the the private company, in this case, a social media company, to uh, proclaim something, you know, inappropriate for consumption? Yeah, I think the best I can give you there is I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's tough. I'm fine with that. It's tough. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm just not sure. Well, I think the question comes down to, is social media uh, a new public utility or is it a private company? And I think we're going to have to decide that in this country. Yeah, I think there's a a lot of nuance in that that statement in and of itself. But but, so going back to Chattanooga, so... I, I I don't I remember when this happened and and it and it's it's it stinks that that somebody could come in and say nope you can't sing that song like what that's not the America that I love <laughs> no you know it, it was uh you know it was a weird night it was the, the weirdest night of my career I think um, the you know I've got the song Popo that I wrote uh, years and years ago <laughs> uh, about about getting arrested at, at home and uh, it became a uh, you know, a fan favorite uh, played uh, played at the shows, and if anyone who's listened to the song, it's, it's sort of self-explanatory. Um, and I, I wasn't trying to make a broad political statement or anything. Sure. It's like I got arrested one night for nothing. Mm-hmm. I went to jail. I didn't break any laws. They knew I hadn't broken any laws, but they still were able to put me in jail. When I got booked in the jail, I had several hundred dollars taken out of my pocket, and then I was coerced to sign a document saying it wasn't there. And there was no recourse, uh, yeah. really. You know, eventually the charges were were dropped. Because I didn't break a law, but um, and I, that made me angry, and so I wrote a, an angry song called "F the Popo," uh, in, in which I still was clear to say this song isn't about all police. This right. song is about, about this incident, about this type of hot-headed person who gets emotional and makes rash decisions. And you know, and it was tongue-in-cheek and kind of funny, became popular, whatever. So I, I played it in Chattanooga. Uh, Several years later, at this uh, place called Rhythm and Bruise, I know exactly where and, it is. And uh, the uh, a, a police officer came in. I don't think he, I don't know if he was uh, in uniform or not. But either way, I didn't know I was on stage playing, and it was time for me to play that song. And he walked in right as I was starting to play the song. I had no idea. And someone in the balcony poured a beer on him, oh. uh, and he got he was livid and blamed me mm-hmm. as if I was trying to target him. I had right. no idea that he was in there, and, uh, so that caused him bad blood. And I wasn't able to play in Chattanooga for about five years after that. Uh, the promoter was even specifically like, "Yeah, I ain't gonna have you back." Um, oh, wow. You know, he said that he was gonna, you know, make life tough for me. So eventually, a new venue opens up, and this is f- like five years later. I'm able to go back 
uh, and play at this big show. And the same police officer had been promoted to head of the ABC uh, and came in that night. And, and now, granted, the night, the weekend before, I think Jamie Johnson or somebody had played, and there had been a bad fight, and mm-hmm. I think somebody got hurt, and there had been a problem. Uh, but the night that I played, uh, sold out. It was the biggest night I'd had in Ch- Chattanooga ever. It was a huge night for me. Uh, the crowd is just pumped. Get to the end of the set, it's encore time, and the crowd's chanting, you know? Yeah. And as I walk off stage to get ready for encore, my tour manager comes to me and he's like, Hey, Corey, uh, they said you can't play Popo. And I'm thinking, Well, who, who said Who's, who's, said, who's yeah. they? <laughs> yeah, who, who's they? Like, I have a contract, and these people are all 18 and over. They're adults yeah. who are asking me to play a song, and they paid me to come here and play. Who is telling me I can't play it? And it was the same guy that was oh my there. Gosh. Uh, and so. I I was livid, and I got on stage, and I sat down with my guitar, and then I'm thinking, all right, what do I do? Do yeah. I do I play this song? And I thought, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make every effort to explain my position here, and I explained the song. I was like, this song is not about any police officer in this building, any police officer. I know there was a fight here last week. This has nothing to do with that. This is a song I wrote about a situation that happened to me, and I've been told that I'm not that you're, you're they're going to cut me off. If I start to play it, but I feel like I need to play it. So I started, and I played the first riff, and they cut the PA off, and the place went nuts. I mean, like oh, wow. almost a riot. Oh, wow. wow. Um, it was, it was like, scary. Yeah. Uh, so we have to leave, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that was censorship. Yeah. Um, and, no then, and then later everybody denies that, that anybody ever told me that, that I made it all up, like, whatever. <laughs> really? Yeah, really? somebody turned the PA off, and it yeah. wasn't. Uh, yeah. Now, now, what year was this? Ooh. Because what I'm thinking is, that this is where social media helps because uh, that's the kind of thing that now with social media you can really campaign against. You know, you can get people involved and everybody could kind of rise up against it. Whereas a few years back when you didn't have that kind of bullhorn, you'd go yeah. through something like that and you, uh, like you said, you'd never be able to play Chattanooga again. And I, we had the yeah. same problem on a couple tours I went through, and it's uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of lightening up now because you can go online and and talk about it and and gain support. Yeah, and we did a little bit of that then, but you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the uh, it was fine. I went back to Chattanooga, and I've, I've had great memories there. I went back a few years later and played, uh, or the next year, and recorded the show and put out a record from there. It's just you know, stuff stuff happens. But to me, that's that's specifically the th- kind of thing that the First Amendment protects us against is, is yeah. censorship by the government to keep us from criticizing the government. Yeah, for sure. Right, um, exactly. and, and when we get into an area where it's it's not that it's something else. It's more nuanced. It's more complex. Absolutely. Then that's where I'm just going to have to go, ah, yeah. I ain't sure. I'm not, that's but, above my pay grade. It is. I think it's above all of our pay grades, yeah. but I think it's I yeah. think it's imperative that we figure it out. You know what I mean? Because it's. I think it's important for the country to figure it out. But to, but anyway, there, we could get into the politics yeah. of it, and, and there's not, not a lot of need in that because that always goes sideways, man. I'd yeah. rather talk about good music and, and barbecue and Braves and Bulldogs. But one final thought on that. You know, you did write a great song for your kids called Speak the Truth, and I think that might be the answer these days. And, and you give some great advice in that in that song. And how do you think that applies to the world today? Um, you know, I, I wrote that song after I saw a bumper sticker, uh, and it had a quote from the Nazi propaganda member, minister, Goebbels. Mm, really? Uh, that said, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like... Uh, Say a lie, repeat it enough, uh, say uh, it forcefully enough, and people and will they'll believe it. Will believe it. Um, and uh, I thought, yeah, you know that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's why it's so important to be honest. And I, I just, th- and this was year, years ago, probably 2013, 2014 or something. And I just thought, you know, that's and and as a songwriter, that's what I always 
you know, strive for was to be uh, to be honest. Um, you know, there, I've got friends that, that write a lot of great songs, and their philosophy is don't let the truth get in the way of a good song. Right, right. <laughs> and no, I get I that because there's a lot of great songs that may sure. not be literally true, but the, the, the sentiment is. Yeah. But for me, I've always wanted to be very honest and transparent, and that's why I've ended up with songs like F the Popo that probably haven't been great for my career and have led a lot of people to misunderstand <laughs> me as a person. Probably um, so. But I always thought I'm, I would rather err on the side of uh, authenticity being, yeah being honest and um you know and, and i think if anything it's it's uh it's tough um it, it's it's tough nowadays um, it is man you're exactly right and yep. and especially with kids going back to kids and and trying to help them understand and guide them down the right path and 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 to instill those values that are so important to you Dude, do you do you mind playing that song? Because I think that's that's so perfect. Or you know, yeah, or Chattanooga, <laughs> or Speak the Truth, or one that you yeah, want to play, or whatever, man. I don't think I got either one of those. I definitely okay. can't do Chattanooga, and right. I haven't played Speak the Truth in, right. in a long time. Well, probably since I put it on that Chattanooga album. Well, how about uh, I, I got a better one? Okay, oh, okay. I got a better one. Go. Let's go. It feels it feels better here in the uh, in the battery today, especially. I love cool. it. Corey I love Smith it. has a plan. Here yeah, I've got gentlemen. a plan. Trust me, it's better than me because I never have a plan. I would have to lean on my wife because she's always got. At least it' good at making plans. <laughs> so, uh, like I mentioned before, I, I remember coming down to Fulton County Stadium and and seeing the Braves there, and uh, you know watching. I remember the the slide by Sid Bream. Oh I remember gosh, watching that yeah. game with my dad, and I was it was a school night, and I was up way too late. And my dad didn't even watch a lot of baseball, but we watched that game together, and I'll never forget it. And um, flash forward many years, and and my kids were playing t-ball, and I was out at the uh, at the t-ball practice, and like my some of the guys I played ball with were coaching now, and they were practicing. The practice fields were the fields that were the fields when yeah. I was a kid, you know. And I, I just remember looking out there at, at it all, just like what a what a game, you know, like what a game that spans generations. It's such a tradition, and that was the year that uh, Chipper Jones was retiring. And as I was sitting out there watching the kids, I just thought about, you know, what the game means to so many people. And then I, I thought about a guy like Chipper whose whole life he's taken it as far as you can take it, you know? And like now is it's time to go, well, you know, I guess it's time to, to do something else. And obviously he, I, everybody knew he was going to stay around the game in, in some way, sure. but I, I kind of put myself in his shoes and I thought about my career and some of the things that we've talked about so sure. far that staying focused on the long term. Anyway, I, I went home and uh, sat on, on the porch and I wrote this song called the baseball song. That's perfect. It's the most original title I could come I, up with. Well, but beautiful. Oh, my Straight gosh. Straight ahead, as always, Corey Smith on the Braves Country Podcast. The first thing I remember is the game that I love. A man on a diamond with a golden glove. Daddy with me in the cheap seats above saying, boy, keep your eye on the ball. The crack of the bat, the stadium's roar. We were up on our feet for the tie-breaking score. I said, Daddy, I know what you brought me here for. He said, good, I hoped you'd hear the call. Life's a fastball, belt high, coming right down the middle. Don't stand there and let it go by. Swing hard and aim for the stand. My field of dreams was covered in stone An old gravel parking lot next to our home Dad 
on the mound until the daylight was gone saying boy keep your eye on the ball cause it's hay batter hay batter swing batter swing the world is an infield always chattering if you don't concentrate they'll spoil your timing and you'll walk away cussing them all life's a fastball belt high coming right down the middle don't stand there and let it go by swing hard and aim for the stands and thank god for your fans thank god for your fans thank god for your fans Thank God for your fans. Dad threw a party when I got the call. All the years on the farm team finally paid off. Now I'm in the big leagues aiming for the fall. Every summer's a long playoff run. As I walk to the plate, I look in the stands And I see myself and I see my old man I hear my family and all of my friends cheering Boy, keep your eye on the ball It's a fastball, belt high Coming right down the middle I'm gonna mail one to the grand Stands. Good glory, this one's for the fans. Thank God for the fans. Thank God for the fans. Thank God for the fans. And my old man. My old man. Boy, so relatable. It doesn't matter what it is you do, whether you're an entertainer, an artist, or a baseball player. Thank God for the fans because they they set the mood, they set the 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 you know just the scene for a great show or a great game. And and I know you have a ton of tour dates coming up, a, a lot shows here in Braves country, Louisiana, Kentucky, Mississippi, Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, of course, here in Georgia. Friday, January 7th, here at the Battery at the Roxy, right next door to where we're recording right now. If you want to learn more about uh, where you can see Corey Smith, make sure you go to coreysmith.com slash tour for all of the Corey Smith dates. Man, that is a fantastic song, Corey. I got to tell you, man, that we love baseball songs, but that was that's been my top two or three baseball songs right there, and it's the first time I ever heard it. Well, it's so you. amazing, dude. I'm telling you. It's so amazing. Where'd you come up with that one, and what record was it on? Uh, it was. It ended up being on While the Getting's Good. Okay. I uh, did, uh, did a version of it on there. It, oddly enough, the, I was so excited when I wrote the song, I put it on uh, I put it on YouTube or whatever, and uh, then uh, I, have, I, had, I had a friend um, at SunTrust who I called, and uh, I sent him the song. He was like, oh, dude, and... Um, so let me make some phone calls. And long story short, two days later, I'm at Turner Field in the uh, the Braves office, and 
they uh, they loved the song and I ended up coming down here and recording a video and they played it in the stadium I remember for a, for a whole season. I remember so that. Yeah, cool. was that was that 2013 <coughs> probably something like that somewhere in there? Yeah, that yeah. Does, that sounds right to me. They all run together. I know they do. You're exactly right. <laughs> no, it's so good though. I remember my kids were about that tall. <laughs> yeah, that, that right. <laughs> I know, but I'm telling you, it's amazing how we all go back to those places in time and you can usually remember it by where your kids were and how but, it, but it's a classic and it's now part of the braves uh landscape if you will and, and part of our part of our heritage down here so way to go man great Thank song you. great song so here's the, here as we wrap up here's a great question that we always ask everyone and this is my favorite question that we ever ask because the answers are always all over uh, the board all over the oh, board I can't wait. oh yeah dude i mean this was be ready like be like yosemite sam like a gunslinger all right <laughs> favorite southern mom and pop restaurants across braves country oh my gosh that oh all right uh barbecue meat and three yeah, whatever cooking <laughs> all right one one place that jumps to mind immediately is mississippi's braves country no Maybe of course it is mississippi braves. braves are there yeah um in, in Oxford, Mississippi, Ajax on the square in downtown Oxford, Mississippi, wonderful meat and three place. I'm nice. talking incredible. Cornbread's great. Their meatloaf's great. They yes, have sir. they usually have good, really good greens in there. Uh, yes, I love. I've hated turnip greens, collard greens when I was a kid. Now I can't, I can't eat. I can't get enough of them. And it's walking distance from Proud Larry, so you can just walk right over there. Yeah, yeah. The, the lyric, like uh, you've been the there before. There, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That place is great. Um, you know. We're kind of blessed, uh, right? Especially right now in the battery. We, I mean, oh my gosh, got yeah. Fox Brothers right there. Absolutely, Fox Brothers ugly. is hard to that beat. That is solid as uh, a rock hard right there. To beat some Fox Brothers. What's your standard order at Fox Brothers? I'm a big fan of smoked chicken wings. Yes, oh, yeah. sir. I, I really like their brisket too, though. Oh my um, gosh, they have a really good brisket. Now, I mean, I've eaten Texas brisket a lot uh, yeah. out in Texas proper, and and uh, man, I don't know that I can. You know, it, like food gets to a certain point where it's just good. It's yeah, very yeah, hard to rank yeah, it. You know, right. it, it's like it's just it's up there. It's elite. Well, that's yeah. the good it's thing about the Fox. Brisket. That's the good thing about the Fox Brothers is there are two guys from Texas who came here and now they kind of like they have yeah. the Texas and the Georgia and the Carolina yeah. barbecue all covered at the same time. You know, you know I like uh, McCoy's up in Charlotte. McCoy's Smokehouse oh, yeah. in Saloon. Have you ever been up there? In yeah, Charlotte? I've never yeah. been. No, I need yeah. to try. They, it, though. They're really I good. Make myself a note. Really good. They have really good wings too, and they have this. Uh, this calypso sauce that they put on their smoked wings. Uh-huh. Oh, it just oh, it's oh, it's good. Now, are you a ranch or a blue cheese man? I'm both. Uh, okay. I'll have both with mine, please. Okay, uh, and then I'll take turns. Wow. Um, okay, all right. See, yeah. and I'm I'm a neither. Like I just I don't I don't I'm get strictly any. I'm well, strictly blue cheese. For a, for a, a good smoked wing, you really don't need it. But I still you know I'm a threat to I'm a threat to dunk a fry in some blue <laughs> That's cheese. That's right. No, something. I know. Right? Okay, so here's mine. Here's mine, and my wife makes fun of me. Uh, it, this name comes from an old Seinfeld episode. I'm a much up guy. Ketchup ketchup and mustard mixed. I call it much up because it actually came from a Seinfeld episode. I thought it was so brilliant because that's what I always did. And it's what my mom always did, too. So I eat it on hot dogs. I eat it on french fries. I eat it on hamburgers. I eat it on chicken sandwiches. Dude, ketchup and mustard is my go Ain't that called? It's 57 sauce is what it is. You come out with the Heinz 57 when you mix that stuff. That's what? Yeah. No, try, I don't think that's no, right. No, try that it's 57. It's proportions. It is. He obviously has the proportions right. down to yeah, make yeah. it much up. Oh, my gosh, what man. What is that? Are you going to share that with us? Like, what's the... So I'm a 64. 
40 ketchup to mustard. I see. Okay. Or even I see. a 70-30, depending on what you're depending on what you're having. Okay. Um, because the, the mustard is a little bit salty. You know, it's got that little bit mm-hmm. of a salty kind of flavor to it, or at least it does to me. And so if I'm eating something salty, I'll back off the mustard just a tick. And there's layers. <laughs> there's layers because it's different layers of orange. You know what I mean? When you mix yep. them up, you get a different, different orange. And people think I'm absolutely nuts when I talk about this. Corey Smith, <laughs> what about true. Athens, Georgia, or Jefferson, Georgia? Your favorite restaurant in that area? Oh, man, that, that's another tough one. Yeah, uh, a lot that's of them. another tough one. A- Athens, you know, we we played at the theater uh, in August, I guess, and uh, I was so disappointed because the tradition in Athens is late night after we're done with the theater shows, go down to the grill and and pig out on feta fries. You ever had the feta oh, fries? Oh yeah. The, yeah. Oh, and we walked all the way down there, and they were closed. What? Yeah, I was no, like, oh no. So worst. me and my wife, and I had my friend uh, Jeb Gibson, who's from Raven County, and he was down opening the show, and I, I for hours, I'm like, oh, we're gonna go down and get some feta fries. It's gonna blow your mind. They're so good. <laughs> right. you know? yeah. So he's with us. We walk oh. all the way down there, and it's like, uh, well, uh, I guess we're gonna go back to the hotel. <laughs> you know, peace. Yeah. And so then me and my wife are walking back towards the hotel, just devastated that we couldn't get our feta fries. And then we topped the hill and we saw that Little Italy was open. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I hadn't had a Little Italy pizza in forever. So we're like that'll do. There you go. So man. we go in a little, and we stand in line at Little Italy, and we're the oldest people there by 15 years. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And we're just surrounded by like drunk <laughs> college kids. <laughs> and, uh, but it, and it, it ended up being fine. I, I burnt my mouth because the pizza was so hot and I was so hungry and it was so late and I was yeah. a little drunk. Yeah. Uh, and then I just sat there and people watched and it was like a time machine. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it hadn't changed a bit. Like you've since lived I was this before. Yes. Except now I'm like the creepy old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's looking at me. Like, hey, who's this guy? Yeah. And I, I have a feeling in Athens, Georgia, people probably recognize you. A, a few you. people did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they were more focused at that point on their pizza. Yeah. Right. Well, I get it. I get it. Uh, no, Jefferson's got some good grub though. The uh, Jefferson. House. That's the standard in Jefferson. That's your meet and three place. Uh, they have they have their specials. Carriage House. They're uh, they've got a, a nice buffet, uh, like a the country style buffet. That place is pretty good. Um, go. I'm writing yeah. these down because my sister just moved to Jefferson. Oh so, yeah, yeah. And All I've right. only been over to her house one time, so I'm not exactly sure where. Yeah. But but she just moved over there. That way, when well, I go visit, I know. Then where I'll to go. tell you the real secret. Okay. Is, uh, so across from the old mill. When I was a kid, it was Owen Webb Snack Shack. Uh-huh. Just a little shack. You walk up to it, you order your burger and your fries or your dogs or whatever, and you sit down at a picnic table outside, and it's changed hands over the years. But it's back, It's and it's the Snack Shack. And they, they have a really good burger and, like, good – good like fresh cut fries and stuff so that's a that's a little secret but you gotta you gotta be ready when the weather's nice it's you know you go sit out there at a picnic table heck yeah, yeah. man I man my just next open for lunch I my think. next trip to jefferson to see my sister jennifer is going to be a uh, a stop at one of these three the snack shack the jefferson or the carriage house yeah or, or if you get oh. crazy okay all right you take the drive out to maysville georgia yeah okay. you leave jefferson and you go now. to yeah. deep south you go to maysville georgia and there's a place there called zaris x-a-r-i-a X A R I S. Yes, and Zeris. if you're feeling like a man, go get the X Burger there. They have the the massive X Burger. It's like I think if you finish it, you get a free T-shirt. Is it just because it's gigantic? <laughs> it's gigantic. Uh, like but, it's like a, the Great Outdoors with John Candy, yeah. <laughs> where if you finish the steak, you get it free. Yeah, yeah, but they, they have great burgers. I, I wouldn't awesome. recommend the X Burger because okay. it's a lot, but they yeah. have great chili burger and stuff like fresh, you know, handmade patties and gosh, they grind their meat good. there fresh every day. It's My gosh, stuff. I am starving. You want to go to Maysville now? Yes, yeah, absolutely. How quick? How quick can we get there? That's exactly right. Tell you, take the whole family there and just get one X burger and cut it up. That's right. (laughs) 
That reminds me of growing up, mom and daddy, you know, they worked in carpet mills. They didn't have a whole lot of money. So every now and then we'd go and they'd order the big one and we'd split it. You know, we've been there before. I, I, that, that ain't no shame in that yeah. game. Goodness gracious. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, man. my pleasure. Thank you all for having me. It is a uh, great day to be down here. Oh, the my gosh. It, every day is a great day at the Battery. But uh, we just want to tell you how much we appreciate you and let you know that you're always welcome, man. You're always welcome here. And we we uh, love you, you and love your music. And um and anytime you're around, you know, and you, or you got new music out or a tour, we always want to promote it and push it and talk about it and let folks know that love your music as much as we do, where it is and where they can get it. All right, I will keep you posted. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank come on back now. You know you're yeah. part of the Braves country family. You have been, and now yeah. uh, you're part of the show, man. We love you, man. Well, thank you. Go Braves, go Dogs. That's exactly right, go man. Go Braves and go Dogs. All right, so so last, really, really last question. If Because we've had some heartbreaks. As, as a Georgia fan, as a Falcons fan, as a Braves fan, we've had heartbreaks. If, 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 and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it did, the Braves went on and won the World Series and Georgia went on and won a national championship same year, does it wipe the slate clean from all the heartache? Probably. It, it'll go a long way. I would think so. Well, you know, I've in, obviously Georgia won the championship, you know, 80, 81. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember that. I was just Nor do kid, I right? was I don't, three. So I don't know what it's like. So I asked my friends. I've got some friends that are Clemson fans. And I've got some friends that are Bama fans. Mm-hmm. And they've said the same thing when I've asked them, like, so what's it like when your team goes all the way and you win it? They said, well, it's like every other season but you don't get disappointed. Oh, wow. And I thought. There's never a point of being disappointed because yes. they went the whole way and won it all. Yes. So brilliant. Yeah. It seems so simple, though. Yes. Wouldn't that be nice to go yes. the whole way yeah. and, like, never have that one? That the, moment. I'll, I'll tell you that, that the watching Georgia lose, watching the, the Braves lose, Georgia lose, in the same year of, of going to the Super Bowl and watching the Falcons lose, yeah. I was in a bad head place after the, especially after the Georgia loss, right? Yeah. And I started thinking, and I, and I, I would oftentimes have like friendly, like fifty dollar bets on Georgia games. Right? Sure. And I always lost them. I always lost them. And and I started thinking, you know what I should start doing is I should start betting against my team so that when they lose, I can at least go, well, I won $50. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I never could. T- that was like the dark side. Okay. I couldn't bring yeah. it. You couldn't I could bring never do, do it. it, but I thought it would have probably been the more rational thing well to do. Well, it's back to critical thinking, yeah. man. You're like, okay, how do I fix this situation? How do I remedy but, this? But let me tell you from experience, the guilt afterwards, yeah, more, it's not worth it. It wouldn't be worth it. It's, it's not, not worth it. Sharing against your team, that, you deserve, like anybody that would really do that, like, because I understand that, but like, you can't be a real fan and do oh, that. Oh, no. You, you yeah, couldn't. You couldn't. Like your heart would be. All credibility would be gone. Yeah, man. It's yeah. just your heart would be broken. Yeah. At the same time, you're taking this dirty fifty dollar bill, and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's that's what a that's what a dark place I was in. Yeah. in those uh, weeks and months after the uh, after the loss. Now, when they win the World Series, we're going to call you up and get your commentary on the whole thing. All right. Okay, that sounds okay. good. It, it sounds you like know won't be worth much, but I'll. What's he talking about? It's worth a lot to us. <laughs> I'll probably say it was awesome. We didn't get disappointed. Wasn't that's that great? right. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> dude. The simple truth. That's all we need. The simple truth. This. Is Braves Country on the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. Thank you, Corey Smith, man. God bless you and continued success. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast.
Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954 MSRP 49,905 excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. 